Thank you, Bella. Appreciate it as always. Welcome back to another edition of the Soccer Specialist Podcast. And today, let's talk dribbling. You know how much I love to do that. At first, I just want to try and give you a little bit different perspective on how we seem to view dribbling. It's much different than we view the rest of the game. You know, so next youth game, I want you to watch and count how many times the ball is turned over on a pass or even worse, players just kicking it away even though they have time to settle. They're not really passing anyone. They're just kicking downfield because of the panic because they can't control the ball well enough to keep it under pressure and find a teammate or beat a player completely off the dribble. And then ask yourself, when you start adding these numbers up, ask yourself why we get so upset when a player loses the ball while they attack off the dribble, but we don't seem to get all that upset about all the passes that are terrible, all the passes that are turned over, because the players don't have the technical ability to connect on those passes, because we've never given them a good comfort level with the ball, and we're so focused on tactics, we don't give them the technical ability to execute those tactics. And so is a poorly executed pass that's intercepted and leads to a counterattacking goal actually better than a player losing the ball off the dribble? Really? We seem to think it is. So, look, because of the adults, young players are terrified to dribble. I've overheard numerous players having conversations that they'd rather be the defender in a 1-1 situation. And that blows my mind. I'm talking about midfielders and forwards. And that is just crazy that they have this attitude. They're, they're, they're scared to go 1v1. Players are scared to go 1v1. And they shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Going 1v1 with the ball is the most fun, most creative part of the beautiful game. And we are destroying talented, creative players before they even start. We're ruining their love for the game on top of it. And we need to do better as adults. And so players, please do not be afraid to attack off the dribble. You are in control when you have the ball, not the defender. And so on that note, I just want to, I want to go through three different 1v1 drills that kind of are all a little different and basically encompass all of 1v1 play within them. And I realize this is maybe a little more uh, for coaches because there are some things in it that you can do that in a team setting when you can do multiple 1v1 games going on. But the games themselves you can still do. Uh, well, one of them you need more than two players. But the other two you can do with just two players uh, and out without the, the rules that I kind of add to make it just a little more fun and competitive when you do are, are doing it in a team setting. So um, first is multi-1v1 and even multi-2v2, which you've heard me talk about in my player development philosophy. And I give the credit to Andy Barty of KC Legends for this. This is the only place I've heard of, the only, the only person I know that does this, multi-1v1 and multi-2v2. And in other words, what it is is on one uh, small field with two goals, you have more than two teams playing. When I say two, if it's 1v1, you have more than two 1v1 games going on at the same time on the same goal. You might have three or four 1v1 games going on, on the, at the same time in the same field. And what this allows players to do is they're limited in their focus in terms of it's them with the ball and a defender. And they don't have to worry about where all their teammates are or all other defenders are. But... They do have to process a lot of chaos and they need to get their head up because even though they have no one to pass to, there are a bunch of other players because of the multiple games going on and running all over the place and defending and attacking multiple balls and all that. So, so they really need to 
<coughs> excuse me, be paying attention to what's going on and get their head up, which is really important, right? You can't always dribble with your head down. But they still have the simplicity of the 1v1 game in terms of their, or even the 2v2 game in terms of their decision making. And I'm including 2v2 as part of the 1v1 game. It's a progression. It adds another level to 1v1 decision making. After all, many games, 1v1 play is not in a vacuum, right? Many times, I should say, 1v1 play is not in a vacuum. And how teammates and other defenders move can affect what the player with the ball will do, even if they're still dribbling. A teammate's run may get the 1v1 defender to uh, lean out of anticipation in a certain direction, which may change what the dribbler does in terms of the fake they throw and the direction they go with the ball. So... And another thing, oh, one more thing of this, uh, which, again, I got from Andy, added another great competitive element to use that I, I use when time allows, because this is something you can do the entire practice in this way. But he created a round-robin schedule where all the players play one another. You keep score and you keep record, and best record is, is the winner. And he would even do it over an entire season. So go with um, numbers. And I saw where he broke it down, where he literally had the breakdown with, from six players to, to 18 players and had what the whole schedule looked like it just gave numbers and that way when you have a practice you can look at that schedule assign players a number and just keep track that so like if you had six players it might be the first round one plays two three plays four or five plays six then uh you know one plays six two play plays four three plays five and and you just sort of rotate it and you can keep records i think the the players actually love it it gets the competitive juices flowing now obviously that game is more of a team environment, but it is a great game. So if you do have the opportunity where you have four, five, six, seven players that get together in their own time to free play, maybe give this a shot as well. The second game is the Nutmeg game, another game you've definitely heard me talk about. By the way, if you're not sure what it is, you can go check out some highlights at thesoccerspecialist.com slash nutmeg. There's about a three-minute video there that I have of some of my players doing it. Now, in that video... I have them, I think I have four or five players, and I just have them playing offense, defense, and switching. But when you can, again, if you have more players, if you can, right? If you have just, you're, you're, you go out with one of your friends and play 1v1 and play this game, it's a lot of fun. But if you do have more players, then you can kind of create a uh, competitive environment that I'll talk about in a minute. But basically, a nutmeg game is you play 1v1 in a small area. This eliminates the, the whole kick and chase speed dribbling where you kick it by your opponent and you try and outrun them to the ball so and you can see that in the video uh, and the rules are simple it's straight up 1v1 to three goals however a nutmeg is worth three goals so a nutmeg is like sudden death you doesn't matter the score you nutmeg somebody you just won the game okay and the idea being is create uh encourage creativity encourage risk-taking with the ball something as i mentioned at the outset so few players are do nowadays because they're afraid of it and i as i said before i've had players to talk about they'd rather defend in 1v1 because of that which is just crazy so this game helps encourage that type of creativity it brings some fun back to the game they realize the mistakes are okay because look hey maybe they're down two nothing so go for the nutmeg right you're gonna win if you get the nutmeg so that they try that they have some fun with it you start seeing some some uh some laughter and enjoyment in the game and again, it's done in a small area because it's a lot more about controlling the ball, unbalancing a defender with fakes, that explosive first step, things like that, because there's no room to play uh, kick and chase. Now, uh, one thing I like to do is with this game, and you can do it with any 
but is uh, use promotion reg uh, regulation if you have relegation. Sorry, regulation. If you have um, more players, is have games going on at the same time. And when I say small field, depending on players, you're talking about you know ten by ten, eight by eight, even six by six, eight by six, something like that. And you have multiple fields, so you have multiple games going on at the same time. Not on the same field. Each field's 1v1. But you have multiple games going on at the same time. And you give each field a name. Maybe your top field is Champions League, and then it's Bundesliga, La Liga, EPL, MLS, or whatever is down at the bottom. Sorry, US. And then you have the winners move up, and the losers move down. And you want to get promoted to the top league and stay there. You don't want to get relegated down to the bottom again it's a little bit of competitive element to the to the game which is a lot of fun finally the third one 1v1 with two corner goals and go to the soccerspecialist.com slash 45 the actual number four five and you'll see this i gave him a little bit uh, more space width than you really need to in that which i just it made it a lot easier for the offense but um and, and you'll see how the, the goals are angled in at a that's why I say 45. They're on the corners, but they're angled in at a 45-degree angle, which gives the players a good angle to the goals from pretty much anywhere they are, which encourages shooting and change of direction a lot better, makes it tougher on the defense. So um, this is done to encourage unbalancing defenders in order to create passing or shooting angles without actually having to get completely by defenders. That makes sense. That's one thing I see a lot of players struggle with, whether it's the pass or especially with the shot, is just realize, they don't realize that you have a defender right in front of you. You just maybe need to unbalance them just a little bit to create an angle to get your shot off. You don't have to dribble by them. You just need to create that angle. And with the two goals like that, obviously, we're encouraging a lot of change of direction and that sort of thing. And this is the skill that's needed all over the field for passing under pressure, for creating shooting angles. By angling the goals, as I mentioned, you give them that good shooting angle from anywhere where they just kind of have to move the defender a little bit. And again, same type of thing. You could do promotion and, and uh, relegation with this as well if you wanted. Um, with the multi 1v1. Really, again, if you can, if you do this on the own, you just need four players, okay? And then you can do uh, round robin, play each player like a tournament, right? You've all been to play each player, each player once. That's three games, and then have the, the next game be two. The, whoever came in first and second, they're playing the championship, while the other two are playing for third place at the same time, okay? Now, look, there are others, but these three are really, really good ones, and they kind of each have a different element that you focus on within one v one, which I think is great. Obviously, great coaching matters, uh, as well as getting them to embrace 1v1 play. And when I say about coaching, there's a Jordan quote I love that talks about, you can practice shooting eight hours a day, but if your technique is wrong, then all you become is very good at shooting the wrong way. Get the fundamentals down, and the level of everything else you do will rise. That's why you. That's why you need coaching. Okay, free play is. You need the. You need that balance of combination. Kids need to go out and play on their own. They also need great coaching. So what they're doing on their own is technically sound so they become better players in a nutshell with 1v1 play you've got change of speed change of direction body feints and fakes right dipping the shoulder the lunge fakes things like that the double lunge fake that Messi loves to use he doesn't even touch the ball one two and then go the other way explosive first step close control of the ball being able to manipulate the ball at your feet with all parts of your feet and being able to dribble with every step you take so the ball doesn't get too far away from you. That way, anytime a defender comes from any angle, you're close enough to the ball to, to keep it away from them. 
And on that, I want to talk about one more thing for parents and, and for coaches, if any coaches are listening, doing this at, uh, at your practices. But for parents and helping the players that are listening, players, take this to your parents. One of the biggest struggles I see with youth players, and this is a complete lack of understanding of space and movement with regard to 1v1 play. And to be fair, this is really has to do with the, the adults and the coaches, and they don't get a lot of experience in doing this and instruction in doing this, so they don't know. But it's so crucial to be able to go at a defender and beat them to the left or right with a move, and the move doesn't matter, scissors, step over, Matthews, lunge fake, simple cutting left or right. But most players start their move too late. Have you noticed that? They make themselves very easy to defend. By the time they finish the move, they've run into the defender. Or like a scissor, they dribble at the defender and then they come to a stop and then do this, do the scissor instead of doing it while they're moving. Seems too easy to be a problem, right? But I see this all the time, even with older players and higher level players, with good players because they don't have this experience. But parents, here's how you can help or another player, anybody that you can get to, to help with this is do a little bit of passive defending. What I do with a passive defender and say a 1v1 is you're working on a specific move, dribbling at the defender. Be a simple body faint, fake, lunge fake, uh, whatever it is. They dribble at you, they make their move, and then they go the other way. And now here's the trick. Most of them, as I said, they're going to make the move too close to the defender. So here's what you do as a passive defender. You stand there, but you are able to take one step out with either foot in either direction. So if they get too close, you can poke check that ball away to let them know that the distance is, is incorrect. Does that make sense? Because most players start to move way too late. They start it too close to the to the defender. So you could take the Matthews and work on that with the passive defender over and over again and, and get an understanding of where you need to be, how close you need to be or far away you need to be from the defender before you make the move. And look, embrace becoming one with the ball. I promise you when you get so comfortable with the ball at your feet that you fear no one and fear no pressure, the game will completely and forever change for you. It will take you to another level. You will love and enjoy the game so much more. And to be clear, one more thing I want to be clear on. It's because it seems when I talk about 1v1 play, a lot of people who shrug it off assume, I mean, players never pass and they should dribble through the entire team. But I'm talking about, and I, I mentioned it in the 45-degree angle game, I'm talking about um, every player needs to be able to keep the ball under pressure even defenders, even center backs, because they will find those times when they can't get rid of it in one or two touch, where they must keep it at their feet. They must be able to get away from pressure and then release the pass. You're not always going to be able to play one and two touch. And the better a player is with the ball, the more control, the more confident, and easier the game becomes. Control the ball. Being able to keep it under pressure, everything becomes easier. You have more time. Defenders are not going to just charge you, which gives you even more time. They're going to give you space. You become less worried about pressure because you know you can handle it. Um, one last thing, a completely, completely separate note. Yeah, I know it's hard to comprehend, but I'm out there, you know, training my U18s, which is mostly juniors, but a couple seniors. Enjoy and appreciate players. Enjoy and appreciate every second you get to play this game because my U18s used to be U8s not that long ago. It seems not that long ago. Uh, and you blink and it's gone. Okay, so please embrace it. Enjoy it. Every opportunity you get to be with the ball, enjoy that. Uh, oh, of course, you know me. When I say one last thing, I usually have one or two more. I think I came up with a great name for my flagship training program I'll be creating. 
next level elite performance focused developmental training program for inner circle premier underground renegade rebels who want the superstar beast mode secrets to go pro. Let me know what you think about that. I think it's kind of catchy myself. Go to the soccerspecialist.com slash contact and tell me how much you, how awesome you think that is. If you have not grabbed Dominate Game Day, go check Dominate Game Day. Go check it out on Amazon. And finally, Impact Soccer Performance has been finished for those who have gotten it. It's been in there for a while, body weight training and a regular program. And it's no longer available for pre-sale. However, it will be available for everyone else soon at ImpactSoccerPerformance.com. If you don't have a copy, you can go there now and get a free copy of the Soccer Speed Report. And I believe that is it. I had some other stuff I wanted to go over, but I'm going to have to do a separate podcast because, as usual, this got much longer than I thought it would be. As always, I appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you later. Mm -hmm.